0: Welcome, everyone, to this Triangles Meditation Group. Today is
1: Monday, September 29th, 2022. And let's begin by linking with the worldwide group and sounding together the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. Our work together in triangles does exactly that,
0: which is asked of us in the mantra to love and to give. That's our intention in cooperation with the world teacher in preparation during this time of movement and shift from the Piscean to the Aquarian age. And the work of triangles gives a supreme a supreme opportunity to participate each day in a planetary service. So if you're new to this work, welcome. And we hope that after you find out a little bit about triangles, you might wish to form a triangle. And if you do so, please just put your name in the chat box and um, Therefore, hopefully two other people will agree to form a triangle with you. And thank you, Pablo. I am sorry for saying it was September. It is August. I was thinking along the lines of Virgo, (laughs) but got ahead of myself. So we also come together each week, as you know, to form a, a platform whereby people who are new to triangles, can participate each week in a meditative visualization that is intended to strengthen and support all of us to keep up with our daily practice. And this weekly rhythm we feel is a a potent means for the group to bring that stimulation to the worldwide group. So triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. So it's really just finding two other people and agreeing to participate each day in visualizing a lighted triangle between the three of you. And you then take the energy that you generate between the three of you uh, and distribute it and link with the entire network of all people throughout the world who are also working in this triangle's work. And you don't have to coordinate your efforts in time or in space. So your partners can be anywhere on the planet and we link whenever we can. And through this means there is a constant stimulation of the etheric web of the planet, the energy body of the planet. And through this means light, love, and goodwill is distributed and released into the planetary aura through the sounding as we finish our triangles work of of an ancient and powerful prayer called the Great Invocation. So this work can be fit into even the busiest of schedules because it only takes a few minutes. And so we encourage you to participate in this work. And thank you for I see a number of you are saying you'd like to sign up. And so that's great. We we will be in touch with you and we will find help to find you two Triangles members. And also there is um, our Triangles Meditation Group Facebook page, which is a really good place to find Triangles partners from around the world. And also if you go to our website, triangles.org, you can find out a lot of uh, information about this work, and you can also sign up for uh, to form triangles online. So if you want to form a triangle, you should be able to do so. And after our meditation today, we were fortunate enough to have a presentation by Frida Kemp, who's from Toronto. She's a longtime student of the Ageless Wisdom and is very involved with um, various groups. And she'll be speaking to us about the role of parenting. So before we go any further, we always like to begin with a brief visualization. So let's just
1: take a minute to connect with each other. and visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, let's visualize a
0: triangle composed of the three primary planetary centers,
1: the planetary head center, Shambhala, the planetary heart center, the spiritual hierarchy and the planetary throat center, humanity. And visualize the energies
0: flowing in all directions around this planetary triangle,
1: merging and blending the three points and filling the triangle with light. And now, superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five
0: pointed indigo star, the star of the world teacher,
1: linking east and west past and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, which is the sphere of his activity, stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies
0: from this teacher radiating forth from the center
1: through the five points London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva. restoring peace on earth. And as a group, we sound the invocation of light. Radiance, we are in power We stand forever with
0: our hands stretched out, linking the heavens
1: and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We
0: reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding,
1: thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Working in triangles, we're learning
0: how to bridge between worlds. Between that which is above and that which is below. Between that which is without and that which is within. It's a type of weaving within the warp and woof of the substance of the worlds. This ability to bridge between worlds might not be natural or easy for us to achieve because the general tenor of our world doesn't leave much space for such activities. Too much of our contemporary life externalizes us. It isn't geared towards inner communion. And so it's up to us to make the effort to build the bridge. But for the young child, on the other hand, This bridging work between worlds is more of a natural process for they have freshly emerged from the world of meaning and still have a large part of their being anchored there. They live, we might say, in a kind of interlude experience. But unfortunately, quite often the attitude towards children doesn't accommodate this understanding. And this demonstrates our lack of understanding of where children are coming from. And so instead of allowing children the time and space to cultivate and revel in this in-between state between worlds, all too often, we try to pull them too quickly into our world when we'd be better advised to try and enter theirs. By doing so, we would perhaps aid children to retain more of their connection with their soul, which should be the most important gift that they can cultivate. In the hustle and bustle of contemporary life, it can be difficult for those who care for children, either in the home or in the school, to create the environment in which children can thrive. In the book, Education in the New Age, the Tibetan teacher offers some suggestions for the raising of children that all caregivers can keep in mind and thereby create those conditions that will filter the soul through the daily activities. Of course, it's not simply a matter of attitude on the part of the families. These conditions could be much more readily facilitated if families were more highly valued in our world and resources were more equitably shared, thereby easing the burdens on families today and giving them more time and energy to become actively engaged in both the lives of their children, as well as within the school systems. Life would be much richer if we as a society placed a premium upon the young, recognizing more fully than we do the importance of the early years. There are four primary conditions that will contribute to an atmosphere wherein soul qualities can flourish within the child. It's interesting to consider this choice of the word atmosphere. We have to create the atmosphere. And this word is used in relation to the adults and the responsibility that they hold in creating this atmosphere that will be conducive to growth. Within the child. The atmosphere here is not really so much related to outer conditions and what one can provide economically and socially for the child, but more so, this atmosphere is related to the psychological state of those who are caring for the child, the parental or caregiver values, and their psychological condition. We don't often focus on such things. But what we're really talking about is the aura of the adults caring for the child. And although children are somewhat protected against physical abuse, scant attention is yet paid to the mental and emotional abuse that so many children suffer. And often the parents themselves can remain ignorant of the impact which their thoughts and feelings are inflicting upon those in their care. For there are so many challenges today placed on families and these often unspoken anxieties are nonetheless very real. They're not hidden from the child, but in fact are absorbed and felt acutely, even if unrecognized. For children are tremendously sensitive antennas, responding and living within the energy field of that which surrounds them to a far greater extent than is normally recognized. And this impact is all too real. The stress and anxiety of parents and its effect on children has, of course, been the study of some psychologists, in particular the Canadian therapist and author Gabor Maté, but it is rare it seems for parents to really understand the stresses that they may unwittingly be inflicting upon their children. The atmosphere that needs to be developed and which should be the birthright of every child is outlined by the Tibetan as consisting of four primary qualities, an atmosphere of love, an atmosphere of patience, an atmosphere of ordered activity, and an atmosphere of understanding. These are the qualities that need are needed to draw out the best in the child and contribute to the creation of a child with an outgoing, caring nature. Through an atmosphere of patience on the part of the parents, there is time to meet and respond to the child's Natural curiosity, ordered activity comes as a result of offering the child small tasks out of which a sense of responsibility can grow. And an atmosphere of understanding helps the child to know he or she is trusted and valued. And through conversation rather than punishment, he or she learns to make their way in this world. The creation of such an atmosphere dispels fear, draws out what is best, and allows for the essentially outgoing nature of the child to rise to the fore. When he or she is well treated, she will come to treat others the same way. The establishment of these qualities do not in essence depend upon one's status, in the world. They're not so dependent upon one's financial situation, although realistically, it is exceedingly costly to raise a child in today's world. Creating this loving, patient, and understanding atmosphere will permit the child's creativity to flourish, freeing them from undue cares and concerns. Such children will then grow naturally into vibrant, and resilient adults. Through our work together in triangles, we can help purify the density of the planetary atmosphere, thereby creating conditions wherein parents and children can grow into their natural birthright. As planetary consciousness expands, so too will the school systems, the families, and new schools will emerge that will begin to meet the rising need of the Aquarian age. Parents will be empowered to step in and take more control of their children's education, thereby securing that note, not only the atmosphere in the home will be uplifted, but also the atmosphere in the school and eventually within society at large. So now let's work with the triangles of meditation. Link together as a group. Focusing in the center of the even arm cross on the mental plane. as souls, as points of light and love, working with all people throughout the world who are working in this Triangles meditation group project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy and then towards Shambhala. We sound the affirmation of will. In the center of the will of God I stand. Nought shall deflect my will from his I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. And visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of people everywhere. As a group, we sound the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve, and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Distribution, sounding the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness.
1: Hi, Frida. Hi,
0: Kathy. Hi, I'll uh, let you share your screen, welcome. Um,
1: Let me see, stop share, okay. Thank you. Can you see my, my, uh, yeah, see your screen. Page? yes. 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 Oh, we
2: well, thank you everyone and uh, welcome. And thank you, Kathy, for that really beautiful introduction to this theme today. So this is the third. Uh, in the series of four talks on this book, Education in the New Age, by Alice Bailey. And I think Michael is going to put the, uh, I think it's actually already in the chat. So if you do want to order this book, I highly recommend it. If you haven't read a lot of the blue books, this is just a wonderful one to start with. It's very short, it's quite accessible, and very interesting. It was published in 1954, so of course a lot has changed since then, but it was a very prophetic book. The other book I'm going to draw some of my talk from today is a book by one of our own, a Triangles member, Leslie Vann, and it's called Our Children, Our Future, A Vision of Living Ethics for Children. And So Michael's also going to put into the chat two of her books. One is the book itself, and the other is a workbook designed for teachers and parents on these themes of um, visioning or living in this uh, new age. So in the first talk, we looked at the power of thought to manifest the new civilization. And in our second talk, we discussed the mental development of humanity. Now we're focusing on parenting or the importance of
1: parenting for the development of the new
3: civilization.
1: So if children are the future,
2: today's children will bring into full manifestation this new civilization. Therefore, parents and teachers have in their hands the power to shape what we will call the Aquarian civilization. Now, of course, there's other influences as well new energies coming in from Aquarius, from extraplanetary sources, from various planets like Uranus. But ultimately, it is us who will create this new civilization. And these two groups are two of the most important ones. to shape our society and to bring about this new and very positive future that we're all expecting and hoping for. Let's begin our discussion with the family unit. Alice Bailey tells us that the family unit is the key to the progress of the race. She says the spiritual hierarchy itself is modeled on the family. And you'll notice we often use the family uh, when we use terms like the family of nations, or if we're in a group of people, we, we might say, oh my goodness, they're so wonderful. They're just like family. So this concept of family is where we get our first experience of life in a group environment. And this is where the nation development of group consciousness really begins. So here's what Alice Bailey has to say. She says, humanity weaves threads of light as it builds relationships, first inside the family, then in the wider world, and then between groups, and finally, between nations and also kingdoms. This is how the planetary web of light or Anta Karana is constructed. So just as we work each day and each week in this triangle's work to build this web of light, this is going on throughout
1: humanity as we expand uh, our relationships. So what is the role of parents? Kathy has brilliantly outlined
2: some of the qualities that must be built by parents into the atmosphere. In the new age, more is going to be demanded of parents. They need to create this loving and supportive environment that Kathy mentioned. They need to be full of patience, compassion, tenderness, and calm understanding. At the same time, they have to provide structure by creating this atmosphere of ordered activity to allow the child to blossom to their full potential. Parents need to let go or set aside the Piscean methods of using guilt, sin, coercion, punitive actions, and wrongdoing as a way of controlling their child's behavior. They need to learn to reason and provide clear understanding of why rules and limitations are in place. By instilling a sense of responsibility, forgiveness, group dynamics, and sacrifice. This good parenting helps to build a community, a community, a nation, and a nation, a civilization. So, Alice Bailey tells us that we need to begin with mothers. We see this new approach to parenting unfolding really before our eyes. And that's through the care of mothers, prenatal care. We see mothers now today Focus on ending their bad habits. During pregnancy, they develop new and more positive eating habits. Some of them, you'll often see pictures of mothers playing music with headphones, uh, playing Mozart or other types of classical music to their children. They learn calming techniques so that they can better go through the birth process and love and support their child as it happens. Fathers are invited into the birthing room as well as grandmothers and other members of the family. Then we have better postnatal care. Families are supported, they're taught, parents are taught how to best care for young children. We have parenting classes, those never existed in the past. There's numerous online courses, TV programs, podcasts and books on parenting. For example, when we were young, Kathy and I, I think the only parenting book that existed was Dr. Spock. Now there's many, many different methods of parenting. So good parenting is a way or a method for character development, both in the adult and in the child. The other thing we see in society is family counseling. Psychologists now look at family dynamics, issues and problems running through families, things like alcoholism, substance abuse, violence. So this counseling for families is designed to help heal and ameliorate some of these destructive family behaviors so they're not passed on to the next generation. And as I've said, parents hold the future in their hands. Shifting parenting from an accidental occupation to a planned and learned vocation, we can ensure that the children of today are the Aquarian leaders of tomorrow. And here's a quote from Alice Bailey on this topic. The necessity of the times will produce radical changes to family life, parenting, the training of children. And for this, a nucleus is preparing the way or can do so if faithful, attentive, and intelligent work is done. So if we think back, there were some leaders in this whole field, people like Rudolf Steiner coming up with the Waldorf schools, Maria Montessori and the Montessori schools. And now today we see so many different types of education, new schools movement, charter schools. This represents an experimentation
1: that humanity is going through to try new methods of education So what Leslie
2: recommends in her book is this approach called heart-centered parenting. And this approach is also getting wide um, distribution, understanding, discussion. But what is heart-centered parenting? It's when you parent, obviously, from that heart center. Your values and belief system are based on unconditional love and acceptance of your child. And this creates this loving atmosphere. For those of you who follow heart math, you know that the heart's field is bigger than the the mental field. It's more inclusive. It brings people in. So Leslie tells us that to, to cultivate our young people into responsible and humanitarian citizens who can and will contribute to humanity, it is vital that we educate both the heart and the mind that we educate the heart of the child as well as his intellect, and that we unite values, ethics, and humanitarian concerns into our homes and schools. Let's look a couple of these values that both Leslie and Alice Bailey recommend. Here are some qualities of the Aquarian parent. And this is what needs to be modeled for children. Of course, Leslie says, and we've all heard this as well, it's not what you say, but what you do that counts. So here's some of the qualities that Leslie covers in her book. Love, compassion, acceptance, responsibility, integrity, contentment, courage, generosity, tenderness, patience, trust, persistence, and perseverance, humility, harmlessness, respect, joy, sincerity, discipline, and adaptability. Leslie devotes a full chapter in her book to each one of these qualities and provides a series of exercises and activities in the workbook that families can do and parents can do to help
1: cultivate these qualities. So we're just gonna look at two. Responsibility. Alex Bailey tells us that a sense of responsibility is the
2: first sign of soul awakening. And those that don't have this sense are young people who are in effect lost souls unable to respond to soul impulse or bring their soul purpose about in this lifetime. The signs that humanity is developing responsibility, and this is along the indicated lines of the plan, the fact that we all understand I think that we're part of a greater whole. We understand that it's important for the strong to protect the weaker members of society and the recognition of responsibility to the beautiful planet on which we reside. So the entire environmental movement is a sign that we're taking more responsibility. The other sign she tells us is concern about the birth rate, whether it's too high or too low. We know many European nations have a birth rate that's uh, lower than replacement level and in some uh, less developed countries, the birth rate is very high and outstrips resources. Well, this is a sign when we, when we care that we're taking more responsibility. The other sign is the tendency towards smaller families. Through the education of mothers, we've now focused more on raising and educate, educating fewer but more accomplished children. But we're taking more care when we raise a child and as Kathy mentioned, this can be very expensive as well. So here's one more quality that we'll look at today and that's forgiveness. Again, signs that humanity is developing this quality is the recognition and importance of forgiveness between people and groups. So think about truth and reconciliation. In Canada, we've gone through a big truth and reconciliation process between the nation, its people, and our First Nations people. And that culminated recently in an apology by the Pope for the treatment of First Nations people in residential schools. The other example is restorative justice, where we look at group dynamics and we see that they need healing. Dispute resolution mechanisms, and anger management programs. These are all programs that show that we're maturing and value forgiveness above restitution and even above um, retaliation. So here's a beautiful quote by Torquem Seredarian that Leslie includes in her book and in her chapter on forgiveness. And he says, grace in its essence is the principle of forgiveness. Only with proper forgiveness can we bring transformation to others, helping them to move forward on their paths. The moment of confession and forgiveness is a sacred moment, and one can be spiritually born again in such moments. And so here again, I think of that exact moment when the Pope said, I'm sorry, on behalf of the Catholic Church to all our
1: First Nations people. We can think of that as a sacred moment. Okay, now
2: I'd like to take you on a little meditative journey. I want to leave some time for discussion. So I'm conscious that we're very close to our time. So I'm going to take you on a journey to the home of the future. Now, please remember that we've been given the responsibility um, by the Tibetan to create the future through the power of our thoughts. So let's just do that for a few moments here today. So just get comfortable, close your eyes, reconnect with the whole group field.
1: Let's think about the home of the future. Imagine this home, there's two parents, there's two
2: school aged children and a toddler. The home is well-appointed,
1: it's clean, it's airy, and uncluttered. You can feel the breeze blowing in. There's a nice, delicate scent of flowers.
2: It's a lovely, lovely home filled with light.
1: We see the day beginning, and the parents are helping the child, the children to wake up. One child is helping the toddler to get up and get dressed,
2: and the other is sitting with the two school-aged children and suggests they begin the day with a prayer. And this prayer is about the kind of day they want to have, one that is filled with joy, with fun, with learning, with excitement. So together they say this little prayer before they get up and begin their day. They together make breakfast and serve. We see one parent is feeding the toddler while the other children are helping and telling the other parent about their day, what they're hoping for, what they're excited about. The parent is listening attentively to the chatter. And now we take a moment to just sense the atmosphere in the home. We sense the love We sense the patience of the parents. We sense this beautiful environment that is nurturing and caring for these three children. We sense the dedication of the parents in creating this beautiful and
1: well-appointed environment for their children. And we see the children helping to clean up after the meal, clean their dishes,
2: prepare themselves for the school day, pick up their their bags. We see the other parent putting the toddler into the stroller and getting all of the things ready that the children will need for the day. And as they leave their home, they enter into their community. They see other families heading out to school and to work. Along pathways, there are no cars. They're simply pathways that go through gardens, flower beds, vegetable beds. And in the center of this community is the school. This is the focal point of the community. The parents enter with children into the school
1: And they sit down in the pods, the classroom that their children attend.
2: And the teacher leads them through a series of stretches and yoga postures, some simple exercises to begin the day. And when the exercises are done, they sit
1: and they do a very brief meditation guided by the teacher. When the meditation is complete, the parents
2: kiss the children goodbye. They pick up the toddler who's going to go to daycare in their place of work and leave the children to the teacher and to what they know is going to be a very safe and wonderful
1: school day. So I'm going to conclude here and I'm going to save the description of the future school for our next talk.
0: Thank you so much, Frida.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you. It's really brought so many, such optimism and such beauty. And I think the group really did project into the not too distant future. Uh, so it's really helpful. Um, did you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Sure.
2: I'm going to read just one quote from uh, Leslie's book, and then maybe we can hear uh, other people's views on parenting in the new age. Yes. So She says a thriving, productive family life is lived with a demonstration of positive and progressive values. Whether children are taught values directly or indirectly, they learn them. Mostly, they learn them through the example of adults. Far more than our words, we teach children with our behavior and examples. Ageless values and virtues practiced with mindfulness serve purposefully in offering vital support to children
0: and families. Thank you. Yeah, I think we need to try to do what we can to Bring parents more into the picture because it seems that so often today they've been replaced by peers and social media, and um, you know that's all well and good, but I think that we could we could have a lot more input from our from our parents. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, well, I'm reminded of. Um, I've been reading a biography of uh, Egerton Ryerson, and Uh uh, he's come into some disrepute lately, but he is credited as the architect of Ontario's school system. One of the things he tried to do was make sure that everything was balanced. The local community, the parents, the state, um, it all came together uh, in his design of the school system. So there was mutual benefit and cooperation between all aspects of the system. Now mm. I think people are rebelling because the state has taken over too much of that responsibility
0: and the parents. Yeah. 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 It's because perhaps, you know, because everyone is so busy working that the parents have lost a lot of their input into the schools and into the educational system. And um, perhaps we're reaching a point where that's changing, hopefully. It's changing. Parents wanted to have more input and yeah.
2: more involved. Um, and they also want to see their schools much healthier places for, for children, for, um, and
0: yeah.
1: for everyone involved.
0: Yeah. Well, if anybody would like to share audibly, you just have to... Um, raise your hand and we will gladly call on you. And also please feel free to share your reflections in the chat box with Frida. Frida, have you seen, I know you mentioned the Montessori and the Waldorf schools. Have you been able to visit them and actually see what's going on there?
2: Uh, I have visited a couple, um, and I think they really do embody these principles. Um, yeah. I think they're really models for new age schools. There's no yeah. doubt about that.
0: Yeah. Uh, David, can you unmute yourself, David? Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Uh, it was my experience
4: being a parent that the most valuable characteristic or or effort goes into tenderness. They can be really challenging the first few years. Everybody's heard of the terrible twos, but uh, I looked at it as a test of my own patience and it it forged within me the need to be tender to our children. Thank you.
0: Thank you, David. Yes. Children are so tender, <laughs> it's... Um... Yeah, mirroring back to them in a sense. Um, Frida, can you see the chat? Uh,
2: Yes, I was gonna just respond to this uh, Virtues project. I haven't seen this, but this looks very, very interesting. And it's the kind of thing we need to to have a look at. Um, And just expanding on what David said, I think the other people that I had forgotten to mention are grandparents. You know, grandparents are equally um, should be equally involved in the parenting of their uh, their grandchildren uh, without, of course, causing conflicts
0: within the family. But they are a very important resource. Yes, Uh, there's another hand raised. Uh, Violet, could you unmute your microphone? Uh, There you go.
4: Yes, I'd like to share in the past. I did work with children and uh, I worked uh, as a volunteer and because of my uh, interest in working with children, developing their uh, self-confidence, the school, they asked me to stay on and create a program. And so I did create a program called Creative Integration. And uh, I worked with the imagination of children and had them do little meditative exercises And they would come up to my room. And I taught them a lot because fortunately, I had them on my own. Uh, And then I would Mm -hmm. go into classrooms and teach some yoga. And we Mm -hmm. did animal postures. And some of the teachers became interested and would begin uh, their day or take moments through the day to use some of these yoga exercises. And I Mm -hmm. found that a lot of children, even when they had headaches, they'd say, I want to go see Violet, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I I would do little massages and teach them. I would teach them how to build their confidence. And uh, these children had learning disabilities, Mm -hmm. so that a lot of them progressed. And there was one student that applying some of the techniques that I taught him, he became uh, one of the most progressed students in in the classroom at the time at a school. So I just wanted to share with you that uh, I had um, uh, the Bailey book, Education in the New Age, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) quite a while. I'm 82 years old now, and I have 10 grandchildren, and great granddaughter, and one on the way. Mm. And so I think my family and uh, I can see in, in the grandchildren, uh, their whole attitude towards life is different. They're more inclined to be thinking along a world citizenship. Uh, they're uh, opposed to certain politics that are in place at the moment. So I just wanted to share with you that that was my experience. And I'm so, so grateful that there's more information that is coming out. And I thoroughly enjoyed the meditation that we had. I could, it brought tears to my eyes as, a, as mm-hmm. I was uh, participating in it. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Violet. Sounds like you had a wonderful program. You know, one of the things we talked about, I think, last time was this idea that meditation in the schools is something that's really, really needed. And it hasn't really caught on yet. But uh, many people are working in their local communities to bring about, you know, a um, non-religious style of of meditation that can be used in schools. Yeah,
4: Yeah, we should capitalize on the children's ability to imagine. And uh, that's that's where the beginning is. And boy, Mm -hmm. they they soar. And with the virtual, uh, you know, uh, technology that they have today, so much can be done where they can see a screen, they can learn how to use the mental approach, uh, mm-hmm. imagining a computer, and they can tap into all sorts of information and open their intuitive uh, abilities. So I can Absolutely. see that and realize that in some of my meditations.
0: <laughs> it would be, it would be great, Violet, if you have any of the, um, little techniques that you used, if you could maybe share them with the group, maybe in a future, um, you could post them in the chat, if, if that's yeah. something you have, that would be great. Well, one of my
4: granddaughters is a teacher and she, she's tapped into some of my, and I've given her some techniques to use with the, her classroom. Mm. And of course she responds because she's of the new generation. And so, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, so, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We have one more uh, hand raised and then maybe we'll close. Um, Let's see. Pamela. Yeah, I'm trying to unmute. Pamela could, I don't know why it's not allowing me to unmute. Pamela, can you unmute yourself? No, she can't. Um, I don't know why it's not. Oh, here it is, okay. There you go, Pamela. Can you unmute? Um, Maybe. Hi, Pamela.
5: Unmuted. Um, This is a a subject very near and dear to my heart, but I'm sure that a lot of you were thinking about what about the most challenging children? What about um, areas of poverty and uh, crime and uh, children with special needs? there are two fabulous examples, which are movies, true stories um, that I think all of you would see in action Two miraculous teachers. Mm -hmm. One of them is called Spare Parts and it's available on Amazon. It's an excellent true story of a group of Hispanic students in, in Phoenix Um, one undocumented, some rough students who were taught by a down on his luck substitute math teacher to help them build in the desert, an underwater robot to be used in the military for down subs and enter it into a contest. Um, It's an amazing story about love and intelligence and what it could do, how it uh, transformed these students. And the other one is um, on Netflix, and it's called The Freedom Riders. And it's about Lauren in the same class, freshman year, I'm sorry about my voice, with a passionate English teacher's first year and how she turned mayhem into miracle.
2: Uh, Yeah, I've seen that one, it's excellent.
5: Mm, Anyway, it brings, it shows all of the most spiritual things but with the most difficult students. It's true.
2: Next time, we're going to be talking about teachers, so um, please come again when we talk on this this theme. Thank you, everyone.
0: Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And, Frida, I will share the chat with you so you can see some of the additional comments that have been um, posted. So thanks so much, Frida. You've certainly brought a topic that's close to all of our hearts, and hopefully... um, these ideas will increasingly become more widespread in our world. So let's just close with a brief moment of silence to connect the worldwide group of Triangles workers, visualizing the planet surrounded
1: by a network of Triangles.